Welcome to Path to Glory, a Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. This is Jonathan, and I am joined by Aman. Howdy, howdy. Hey, how are you today? I'm doing well. Um, you know, just surviving this, the end times, if you will, for my Warhammer uh, fantasy fans out there. <laughs> yeah, me too. I've I've been out, out of my apartment in the last week like once, and it was... That was the most exciting thing that I've done. <laughs> yeah, I look at these. Go to the memes grocery online. store. <laughs> yeah, I, I was about to say I look at these memes online, and it's like me like saying goodbye to my family when I head to the grocery store, um, and it's it's so funny, but it's like kind of true because so like my mom has asthma, and so like you know she's a little high risk, so we've been very careful about where we go and what we touch. So anytime we leave the house, like. We wear latex gloves, and we wear, like, a mask. And yeah. it's kind of funny because, like, a lot of our other people in this community aren't. So I, like, every time we walk out the house, it either looks like we have it or we're trying really, really hard to not get it. Um, which I think it's fair. You know, like, we're trying to be careful. We have high-risk person in the house. But at the same time, like, I love looking at people's reactions. Like, uh, so yeah. my mom, we, I went with her to the uh, the meat market. We have like to butcher to get some meat because my dad's on like this new health kick now where he doesn't eat anything processed. So um, we like walk in and everybody like looks at us and then they just like immediately disperse. Like there was a line and then they all just got out of the way and we just walked to the front and we ordered like we picked up the, the order and uh, the lady was <laughs> like. You know, like everyone thinks you have coronavirus. That's why they got out of your way. And my mom was laughing. She's like, "Well, at least it makes this really quick for me." And then we just went back home. <laughs> wow, wow! Yeah. You need to get a, like a hazmat suit, and you can cut any line that <laughs> you <Yeah>. want. <laughs> so I thought it was so funny. Um, and so you know, we've been we've been having our fun. I've been really enjoying the uh, the family time. So you know, I live in Austin, but I uh, went back to Houston the moment I found out I've been working from home for the next two three weeks. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been great, man. Like, I don't really get to spend a lot of time with my family. And now I'm forced to hang out with them 24-7. So you know how family is, highs and lows. But, uh, man, yeah. having a great time. Free food, hello. And then every <laughs> right. night is movie night. And the problem, the problem is, though, is that there's one moment in every single day where it feels like a weekend and then reality slaps you in the face and you're like, nah, I have work in the morning at 8 a.m. So, um yeah, yeah, that's it's, kind it's of where just I'm been at. it's just been me and my girlfriend and her dog, so it's uh it's it's been good so far. We've been doing puzzles and watching movies and stuff. And you're a young snarl uh, thing. <laughs> yes, and you'll you'll it's possible we'll hear him during this episode. Honestly, it's not a good call unless we do hear him. So right, right. Um, but for reference, um, this episode was recorded on March twenty fourth, twenty twenty, and uh, yeah. Jonathan, let's get into community shoutouts. What do you got to shout out? Um, we have a few different things. Um, you wrote a article recently about the Grimwatch that I think sort of distilled um, a lot of the things that we've talked about in previous uh, episodes, um, sort of explaining why the Grimwatch are overpowered um, or why they are so good and why we think maybe they're a little bit too good. Right. Um, and uh, I, I thought that was good. Um, I enjoyed reading that. And it seemed like it was pretty popular. Uh, nice. interwebs yeah it was interesting i i got a lot of you know positive feedback from a lot of 
uh, a lot of community members and, and some of our, you know, I guess colleagues in the space, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed seeing like, I always beat Grimwatch. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, I'm really glad you are, but you know, what, what context, like, what are you playing yeah. for? What's your community like? And then everyone's like, and that's, so I don't know. It was a little challenging because, you know, you create content and you put it out there. And, um, sometimes, you know, you have to be very careful. I learned a lot from this article. Uh, the biggest thing is like being careful about your word choice, I think, mm-hmm. um, and your sentence structure. Cause I think there was a one section that was misconstrued and was picked on a lot and uh, had nothing to do with the Grimwatch, in fact. And so, <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's important to, as a content creator, to be careful about what you're putting out there. But I also think it's important to like own it. Be like, you know what? This is my opinion. This is how I feel. And, uh, you know, you may misconstrue it, but this is my intention. I have clarified. Um, I also think it's on the onus of the reader and the community as a whole to maybe like give people the benefit of doubt, unless they have like a proven negative track record, which again, I can't control, but, um, again, I really appreciated the feedback, um, both critical and positive. And, uh, you know, like my grandma says, uh, all press is good press. So, <laughs> right. I didn't mind it. Yeah, no, I thought it was interesting. And I think that, uh, there was a lot of positive feedback and then the, some of the critical feedback. I think that it was, um, I think it had something behind it, and I think that it's probably just a learning experience. So absolutely, yeah. Um, and that's just some of the stuff we expose ourselves to when we're trying to get nerd famous or whatever it is we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> nerd star. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> did you have any other uh, community shoutouts? Yeah, yeah. One, um, another one is uh, Steel City, the chatting crits. Uh, podcast mini series that they're doing i think they're on episode four now um and this would be about control and mm-hmm. so tom bond michael carlin two well-known people in the community who are creating an um, awesome content again for those of you who are not familiar it's a mini series on how to win a grand clash so you start with analyzing the meta they go over all types of uh, warband builds uh, tournament preparation and then playing on the day so uh, definitely check that out if you have any interest in learning about a grand clash or uh, in fact in uh, attending one in the future so this one was specifically focused on control play style which um, was one of the reasons why steel city was created in the first place so a great episode uh, they have a guest sandro tunes who is a two-time grand class champion and he actually won uh, the most recent english Grand Clash with the Grimwatch. Yep, and then the previous one was one of the Steelheart Relic decks, I believe. Did he uh, win that one? Uh, yep, I believe so. I think that was the one where him and Mike brought a very similar deck, but I think Sandro maybe outpassed them a little bit. Yeah, is that the <laughs> or, one where someone won in a final? Oh, that yes, that's right. That's the one where um, they had to roll off in the end because they kept tying in the final. Uh, Maybe I think there was a couple grand clashes where Steelhearts were like the top four. Oh, okay. You know? So I'm, I'm not yeah. sure because I didn't play back then, but sure, sure. Um, yeah, it was. I thought it was a good episode. Um, it's interesting to hear their perspective on you know what makes control good and what people need to be aware of to counter it. And I thought it was interesting from 
Tom's perspective in particular, because he doesn't really play control, but playing with Mike and Freya and the other still city guys, he really has to know how to take it apart. Um, and it seems like he's had a lot of success doing that. So yeah, um, it, w- it was a good episode. I, I, I'm a big fan of their podcast so far and um, can't wait for the rest of it. Sure. So. Me too. Um, and then the next one that I have is that Warhammer community, um, their Twitch stream is completely free right now. Um, you can watch all the backlog, um, the VODs, I guess they're called. Um, so that's really cool. They have Grand Clash stuff um, from the January one and the October one, and they have uh, just tons of painting stuff and all kinds of other 40K and Sigmar stuff. So it's very cool of them to uh, give that for free um, right now when they know everybody's going to be home. <laughs> yeah. So They also got a Twitter, too, um, at Warcom Team. Yeah, so. cool. Uh, yeah, I guess you could now, thank them for that. <laughs> yeah, I joined the Twitterverse, and yep. I'm looking forward to seeing what they post. Um, one of the most interesting articles, or the series that I've been looking forward to, is like the Lumineth Lowdown. I don't know if you've seen those at all. but Not uh, really, no. I've seen so, some of the new models. but uh, Yeah, so it's a series of articles that talk about the Lumineth and kind of hype the community up. And so... Um, I was really hoping that they would like release sometime in April mm-hmm. so that I could just pick some up and, you know, start painting them because I love painting cloth. Um, a lot of the challenges I have with like space Marines and Stormcast is it's a lot of flat panels. And for mm-hmm. me, that gets a little boring just as a, as a personal preference. And so the Lumineth are mostly cloth. So I was very excited to um, kind of wet blend a lot of the uh, the colors there. And uh, now I'm afraid they'll never come out. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that uh, all this uh, COVID-19 stuff doesn't affect the distribution because yeah. I know that uh, a lot of everything being manufactured in China um, is has the potential to be delayed right now. So yeah. we'll have to see how that affects them. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, I know Games Workshop mentioned uh, either this morning, I think it was this morning or last night, that they've closed all of their retail stores internationally. I still know that there are um, local stores, local vendors who are doing curbside pickup. So you can either, uh, you know, order on the phone and then they'll bring it out and they'll charge you, or mm-hmm. you can uh, call them or show up and tell them what you want and then they'll bring them out to you. So I really hope that at the very least the individual retailers do get the support and the product because um, it would mean a lot to their business and of course the community as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's see. Did you have anything else? I think that's it for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for community shout outs. So let's jump into community and personal underworlds recap. So, um, as you can probably surmise, I don't, I haven't really (laughs) been up to much. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yep, I was uh, I was gonna gonna be doing some practicing, uh, and uh, I was gonna be get, gonna be getting on a plane tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean we were we were both right. I was gonna to yeah. uh, Adepticon, and you were gonna plan it, and then we were both gonna plan the doubles event, and that yeah. kind of got smushed. Yeah, very sad. Nurgle uh, Nurgle took the event, I guess is what people are saying. <laughs> Honestly, that's amazing. I haven't heard that yet, but oh <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. we're back. Worms at one. Worms at one. Wow. Their their first event. <laughs> All you guys thought they sucked. Yeah, Jumps you thought you thought Grimwatch were uh, 
for the good ones. <laughs> Jokes on me. I just wrote an article about them. So. Right. <laughs> um, that's funny. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, you've been practicing I'll, for it, right? You were. Yeah, I was considering um, bringing Lady Harrow's to the singles event. Um, we had put a deck together with um, Perfect Match, which I'm not sure would have been the right move or not, but it was working so far. I played like five or six games and it was working. Um, Perfect Match is interesting because you can take a bunch of really easy cards um, and then just as long as you score those, you get Perfect Match. So, mm-hmm. um, And I think uh, it was interesting. Actually, Mike and Tom were talking about how they think Dominion of Death is better, and I think that it's probably about as good, but I don't like how I feel like I have to rely on winning the roll-off in the third round. Yeah, that's so, a great point. Um, <clears throat> so that's interesting, um, I, I, and it's possible that, you know, playing it more, I would have decided that Dominion of Death was better, but mm-hmm. um, I played five or six games, and I found out Adepticon was canceled, and I kind of just lost steam. <laughs> yeah. So been... Uh, what else have I even been playing? Playing a little bit of them, a little bit of Profiteers, um, but not really too much else. Um, yeah. It's mainly just because it's hard to find people to play. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of hard. I think we're both, uh, both of the cities we're in now is shelter in place. Um, so yeah. for those of you who aren't aware, um, you can only leave your house for essentials. Um, um, and then <laughs> which, if you're I, which able- I guess Warhammer Underworlds isn't. <laughs> Well, so I mean, it's not on the list. I don't know why. Maybe for you, no. <laughs> right? Um, but going back to that perfect match and Dominion of Death. Um, so I've actually talked to a couple people about it, and they're it's very split. Um, I think more people I've spoken to prefer Dominion of Death. I know that I and we had talked about the deck a couple times. Um, was that I I prefer Perfect Match, and I think it's because uh, you can reliably take. You know, as you mentioned, the one glory end phase cards. Um, I don't even think your deck had temporary victory in it, which um, was another curve, a curveball maybe. But I, I mean, I mm-hmm. liked it because you you just focused on easy scoring, and then sometimes if there's an easy two glory scorecard, great. But um, the benefit of Harrow's is they've got a lot of. Uh, powerful surges that are not too hard to score so um i think at most you had what uh path to victory maybe um i think in the most recent version i had ghostly torment as my only two glory and then i had fired up opening gambit solid gains i was trying loner um which i think i which i think was going to be pretty reliable yeah Um, absolutely the interesting thing about harrow's is they really don't need um, they don't really need restricted cards. <laughs> yeah, they don't. If and you don't Loner, take Scrum or Temporary Victory, like you don't really need anything else. Yeah, and Loner's great with the Widow because you kind of keep her in the back anyways, but if you happen to inspire her, she can just teleport anywhere and guarantee you Loner too. So. Yeah, and I think the only weakness to that sort of strategy would be the potential um, of Collapse and Encroaching Shadow, which I think some people are running. Yeah. But I, and that just would have been something I needed to test against, you know. But um, I, I just felt like with the perfect match versus Dominion of Death, I think a lot of competitive decks right now probably will score most of their deck by the third end phase. Yeah. So, you know, if they get to go first and score first and the game comes down to, you know, and it's close, which, you know, I, I, you would expect games against good opponents to be. 
I'm just wondering if Perfect Match would be better, but um, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> we will never know, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. And um, I know we were going to do the team event. I think we were thinking about doing Harrow's and Curse Breakers, mm-hmm. but once again, <laughs> um, we're not going to be sure. So um, it's also interesting to see what some other people were considering running. Um, Dean uh, Bills who won last year at Adepticon, um, said he was going to bring a Gitz deck with a bunch of the combo weapons. Mm-hmm, so I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. I took a look at the deck, and um, I I liked the idea of it. I will say I was skeptical because uh, I think the combo mechanic in itself, and it's something we've talked about briefly in the past, isn't as reliable as you would assume or think. So um, yeah. definitely, definitely... Thought it was cool, um, and I would have. I'm sure he. Dean's a great player, so he probably would have made it to uh, day two. Um, I just don't know personally if it if I felt if it had the legs or the steam to take it the whole way. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And they, I mean, and honestly, like most of those weapons aren't really that bad. Um, like binding chain and finishing blow and opening strike, uh, or not opening strike, inescapable blow. They're all two smash, two damage, so it's not terrible if you don't if you don't have the combo together. Um, and he had chain attack, which is the gambit that lets you turn the next attack into a combo attack. Mm-hmm. You could just have the finisher, and then if your first attack hits, which probably works really well on Zarbag and um, the other guy Drisket. So, I, I think it's a cool deck. I'm, I'd like to see it. I mean, and the the cool thing about it is that like. It's still a gets deck, so it has 19 glory in the objective deck. Yeah. And so it's going to be getting objectives. It's going to be getting, you know, combination strike, path to victory, supremacy, temporary victory, scrum, mm-hmm. all, all that easy stuff. Yeah. And then if it's also murdering you, then I could totally see it working. Yeah. No, I, I, I really, really like uh, Zarbag's gets. And uh, before Malog, they were, I was running them a lot. So um, it feels so long ago. Uh, it was actually <laughs> probably around this time last year when Malog just came out. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think he had just come out right before Adepticon. Cause I think, uh, Malog came Two in weeks. like fourth or third yeah. or something. I think it was, fourth. uh, yeah, fourth I, or think, fifth. I think fourth or fifth. Yeah. No, <clears throat> yeah, no I think it was just with the battle cast. Uh, did pretty well. at LVO, he got like fourth. Yeah. Oh, but that's what I'm thinking. At of, Adepticon, yeah. I think, uh, Kyle Dalton, who is, uh, the pale, king on hobby hell <laughs> king hobby on uh on painting on the facebook pages mm-hmm. he was number one seed going all the way in and then uh jeff osborne took him down in fourth round oh right yeah he was the Molog slayer for that event <laughs> yeah he was he played three back to back i think so wow wow yeah <laughs> doing the lord's work <laughs> yeah i mean i was ready for it i had anti Molog tech yeah you know yeah. for days but i never played him and it was a little unfortunate but that's funny. Um, let's see. and it, it, it's, it's really cool because I, I do wonder if um, Gits were going to be more relevant than I think we would have thought. Um, I agree. This meta. I think and they've been really popular online. And I think they got some new tools. So Yeah. Well, I know Well, we both played again, a cam games against Jimmy, Jimmy Molini. And yeah. uh, he's been running a similar deck. Uh Similar to what Dean did, but uh, with Amberbone weapons instead, uh, instead yeah. of the combo gimmick. And I think that is a 
more reliable deck and um i played it a couple times man and that is is a rough rough deck i think <laughs> like i remember jimmy messages me and he's like hey you know want to get a game and i'm like yeah absolutely and so we just like you know start talking as the game set up and he's like i just want to let you know um uh i haven't lost with this deck yet and i was like oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. um i was like okay and i know he was like prepping for some event um and so i was like okay well what do you want to play into? He was like, I don't know. And I was like, all right, well, you know, let's play Grimwatch. And, um, um, dude, those Amberbone weapons hurt me. <laughs> on on yeah. one dodge? Dude, that's rough. And yeah. then, uh, uh I yeah, think so that's it, probably the plan with that deck is just spam dice, spam damage, get kills. Yeah. And then you're also, you know, a 20 glory gets deck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, one thing we were talking about was, um, you know, if you think about it, like uh, Bonecracker and Gobblehug have Magoro stat lines, right? Yeah. Pack. Two damage, two smash. Um, they only have two wounds, but again, it's uh, it's it's pretty dirty because I don't think you care if they live. You just send them in as missiles, so you can get your glory, and then you know your gets who can hold the weapons do the rest of the work here. So. Yeah, that is interesting. That's something that he pointed out to me is that if you look at the two. Uh, two. Uh, what are they? Um, if, if you go with the leader and the Drizgit and Zarbag, Drizgit, and then the two Squigs, they have exactly the same offensive stats as the uh, uninspired um, Magors do. Yeah, which is kind of bizarre. Um, actually, I guess I guess Zarbag doesn't have cleave till he inspires. Um, but well, he's like, like Riptooth in that case, right? Hitting on three Fury with cleave. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, I, I think the only difference is that, you know, Magor has cleave. Um, yeah. But if you think about it like that, if you just throw goblins at people, like, <laughs> it's actually really, you have a pretty good chance of getting some kills. Yeah. So, and then well, I know I, you were you were running aggro gets. You and uh, and Robert Cox were running aggro gets for some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, uh, that was back in Nightball. Yeah, and that's actually like one of the really reasons. Good. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I put Shargale into my deck. Um, yeah. And then... R.I.P. Shargale, but uh, <laughs> now now the gits are back online. Um, yeah, so. it's cool to see. I also think that um, you could do a despoiler deck with all the Amberbone weapons, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would be similar. Although I think gits might do it a little bit better. So I I also think Grimwatch could do it, um, which you know mm-hmm. maybe scary, but uh, you know if you kind of do the same game plan where you don't care if you score by sitting objectives or kill stuff with amberbone weapons then uh um i think we can potentially see some success there i don't know if it's better than what they already do but um that would certainly be a little more interactive right (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe yeah so it's it's cool i think that um i would have liked to see how good really good players playing gets um would have done at adepticon i think um, he may have brought that to Adepticon if he was able to go. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's, uh, you know, with two Grand Clash winners playing them, I would expect them to place pretty well. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> something to keep in mind as more cards come out, if they're, you know, if they've sort of risen to the, you know, competitive level, then right now, then as more stuff comes out, maybe they'll stay there, you know? Yeah. So it always reminds me of uh, this comment that, someone made one time when we posted like the top 16 results from an event and someone was like, this is not the picture of a healthy meta. 
Um, oh yeah, that was at Nova, I think. <laughs> yeah, but I would have loved to seen Adepticon because um, just this alone, I, I would have assumed that you, Dean, Jonathan, or you or Jonathan, you, Dean, and Jimmy, uh, would have made it. Um, and uh, you know, it would have been nice to see. I mean, Harrow's maybe you know we expected that, but to see Gits in the top 16, I think would have been really cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's one of the cool things about the meta going into Adepticon is I think there might be like nine warbands that I think might be viable or that I wouldn't be too surprised to see in a top 16, mm-hmm. um, which is like a lot. Um, yeah. And I think that there's probably a few that are, you know, higher than others um, in the power rankings, but I don't know if we've ever had this many warbands like feel playable. Um, so I think that's really cool. Yeah, that is an interesting point you bring up, is that there, despite the fact that there is some sort of disparity between uh, warbands, um, at the end of the day, there are certain warbands that you will just always see do well. Um, yeah. And I guess we're at a point where, as you mentioned, there's a lot of them. So I guess just to briefly <laughs> run through them, Wormwatch, yeah. Cursebreakers, Thorns, uh, Profiteers, Harrows, um, Man Trappers. So that's just six right there. Um, and that's that's pretty healthy, I think, if you have six different warbands in the top 16. Um, maybe we would have seen Gits when they made that seven. So, mm-hmm. um, and who knows? I also maybe. think, um, I think Wild Hunt, I wouldn't have been too surprised to see a Wild oh, yeah. Hunt do well. I love Wild Hunt. Um, I think Rippa's. Oh, Rippa's, I forgot Rippa's. Well. Um, I mean, honestly, everything from Beastgrave, except Despoilers or Nurgle, those two would have been a surprise to me. Um, and then from Nightball, uh, oh, Lady Harrow's if you count that in Nightball. And then I think that Profiteers are still good. I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. First Breakers and Thorns. And then I think Gits, Gits and Wild Hunt are probably the question marks for me. Um, Molog might be a question mark too if you really wanted to go there, but I'm not really sure if that's viable right now. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it would have been really cool. Like I, I think that uh, I think the meta is the I think I think there are some you know some losers, but I think the meta is also pretty wide open right now. So yeah, uh, I think the only thing that um, what I was really hoping at Adepticon honestly was mm-hmm. that someone like like Gits got destroyed. I mean not Gits, Grimwatch got destroyed. <laughs> I was really hoping yeah. that someone could just win, like just dominate. Or whoever was in the top four. I would have loved to see no Grimwatch in the top four or even the top eight. I think top 16 might be a stretch. But I was really hoping that my article would get, uh, in a way, disproved. Um, but um, to your point, we'll never know. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and uh, see what the next event is. And, uh, you know, hopefully that'll still be during this season. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a good point, because, I mean, you know, Adepticon's gone, and then, you know, I think as of now, the May Grand Clash at the Citadel in Dallas is canceled. Um, yeah, and there was supposed to be a UK one at the same time, which may have just been pushed back. I know the UK, the UK Expo is, I think, maybe where they were going to do it. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, well, as of now, they're all canceled, right? Actually, I think I'm wrong. I think that they canceled the event for sure, the May one. The UK Games Expo was pushed back, but I'm not sure if they're having a Grand Clash. So, uh. um, And then we know that the Alberta 
Grand Clash, which was supposed to be in April, has been pushed back. And then mm-hmm. I believe the German one has been pushed back, too. That's right. Think, and you were considering even going to that one. I was considering right? going to both, actually. I haven't been to yeah. Germany, and my brother just went recently, and I was kind of interested, but uh, yeah. COVID-19. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's – as a competitive podcast, it would be unfortunate if the uh, whole season was over. Um, yeah. But I guess at this point we're just hoping that – you know, some of the ones that get pushed back are able to happen and that ATC and Gen Con and especially Nova, um, hopefully things are better by then. Yeah, honestly, if I had to pick out of the three or four that we mentioned, I would just pick ATC because that's the, the grand battle is my favorite event. Um, yeah, that was my first event to go to. I'd love to go to that one again. Yeah, so uh, hopefully you, Davey, and I can uh, attend the event and uh, yeah go back and see if we can defend the belt if you will <laughs> yeah that'd be really cool yeah <clears throat> stay in um, that weird airbnb we stayed in <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like 200 years old or something <laughs> yeah and it was like every room was rented to some random people and then i think you used someone's bathroom yeah do you remember yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i used the one in the hall and that was i guess somebody else's yeah that's that was funny. funny um <laughs> but um, and I guess if not, then, you know, we'll just try to hit the next season as hard as we can. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a lot of PTO saved up. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I know that um, season four, you know, like if you go to Nova, you get like the starter box or whatever. They've announced that. So, yeah, um, anybody that goes to Masters um, apparently would get the season four starter set. So. so we know it's coming. And so hopefully <laughs> they'll honor that. As long as China is still making minis. <laughs> so I think they produce a lot of their stuff in England now, too. I think because of it, it's like a anti, it's a stops the copyright mm. like people doing like uh, China cast. Oh, yeah. So. I don't know what the tariff situation is over there either. So um, anyway, hopefully that hopefully these things don't uh, affect our plastic crack too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Um, and it does seem like the community is doing a lot of painting, if uh, the Facebooks are any um, oh, yeah. indicator. What are you <laughs> Lots painting? of cool stuff on there. Um, I actually haven't really done too much painting recently. The, the way that I usually tend to paint is I'll paint what I want to play. And right now mm. I have no idea what I want to play. <laughs> yeah. So um, the last one I painted was my Grimwatch for LVO. Um, so, and I need to probably work on them some more as well. But... There's so many models to paint. <laughs> I should probably, why, don't you, uh, uh, why don't you knock out uh, like Nurgle, three men, you know? Yeah, I, I got a bunch should. of contrast. Just slap some contrast on there. Yeah, that'd be cool. I might experiment with like some weird colors on them or something. So. Yeah. You can go yeah. balls to the wall with those guys because, you know, they're just decaying and you can never really tell <laughs> what someone's skin color will look like, you know? So. Yeah, that's true. I also thought about maybe trying to make them look like really clean. Um, oh. Just to kind of contrast the way it would normally be wow yeah i don't know we'll see i I think i'm gonna get pretty bored here eventually if this uh, goes on for a couple more weeks i'll I'll probably get the paints out (laughs) yeah i mean you know me like i i don't paint as much as i used to so i uh but i've been really trying to get back into it i I I don't want to say the word force but i'm just trying to make a conscious effort to put more time into the hobby aspect of things and um i just bought air compressor yesterday so Amazon primed cool. it. It'll be here tomorrow, hopefully. So. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy painting. It's hard for me to find time to. What I exactly. really like is the game itself. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But I also think it's kind of important to 
I do like playing with painted models because I feel like it's sort of like a courtesy to your opponent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I'll try to play with, you know, I'll try to paint models before I go to a big event and things like that and at least have it look half decent across the table. <laughs> yeah. So, but I also, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like, I, I like that this game doesn't require it. Mm -hmm. But um, I just think it's cool when you, you know, meet somebody and they have a really cool warband. So yeah. I try I mean, to uh, some... give back on that a little bit. <laughs> My favorite is conversions, actually. Uh, one of my goals, yeah. um, and it's kind of been delayed because Akkad painted like a uh, Gets Warband for me, and I already have it. But what I would have really liked to do is, you know, the Idanath, um, mm -hmm. you know how they have those thralls uh, yeah. that are like don't have souls and whatnot. Um, <laughs> I would have loved to like do a Counts as Gets army with that Warband. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's still something that I might do. Um, uh if I can buy from someone now, I don't know. They're all closed, but uh, <laughs> um, I think you can still order online and stuff. No, so. they said that's canceled too. Oh, wow. Online stores turned off as well. Wow. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Um, and I guess one thing I want to mention is I did add a picture gallery to well of power. Um, so if anybody has uh, pictures of war bands or really anything uh, underworlds related that they want to share on there, um, the goal for it is just to be like one place that you can go and you can filter it by warband. And then if you want to see like a bunch of steel hearts painted different ways, then you can do that and get ideas and things like that. Um, and if you have a picture that, you know, you want to post there, then, you know, you can sort of give it like a permanent home because I know for me, like I'll see really cool stuff on Facebook or Reddit and things like that, but it's sometimes hard to find later or it's just gone in the, you know, the newsfeed. So mm -hmm. um, that's the goal. And it's, pretty easy just to upload something if you want to um just thought it would be cool so yeah. i added that i think it's so. a great idea to your yeah, point. there's already like 100 pictures on there and they're really cool so. yeah no that's awesome because i i like to save whenever i like scroll through my timeline and i see like a picture or like something that i was like oh that's really cool i'd probably like to reference that one day yeah. i just put in like a save folder on facebook you know you can save in a in a section but mm -hmm. this is even better because you can filter by warband so yeah, I see a lot of people post like, you know, hey, I'm about to paint Lady Tarot's, like, give me ideas. Yeah. Um, and so this is kind of a way to, just to give people a place to go get some ideas if they want them. So. Mm -hmm. um, I love it. Well, that's the point of that. So. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think the, one of the other things is we wanted to mention the Warhammer on the Warhammer Underworlds Online game has done yep. a couple updates. Um, if you are spending a lot of time in your apartment or house, which you probably are, you might want to play that. <laughs> um, sparse shredders are out, so there's now five warbands, which is pretty cool. Pew pew. And uh, they've done some new card drops, so there's now some pretty good cards in there, like trap, twist the knife, uh, advancing strike, change of tactics, things like that. So <clears throat> spectral wings has been in there a little while, so it's mm -hmm. it's uh it's pretty playable right now. Um, I haven't spent too much time on it, um, climbing up the rank ladder, but I will probably get bored enough <laughs> eventually that I'm gonna you know spend some time doing that. So yeah, I think uh, it's for me personally, it's a bit of a challenge because the game is um, almost in like in a different time zone or like a, a um, you know realm, if you will. Like it's it's something that is definitely I loved at one point, but I'm kind of glad we're moved away from it in terms of the board game or the mm -hmm. in, in real life game. Um, but I do really like the feel of it. I think Steel Sky Productions did a great job 
And so I definitely probably will um, mess around with it, um, especially because Farce Riders are in and I can kind of play them at the peak of their power. Uh, but I have found, and I'd love to hear your experience, is that every time I get online, and I, I haven't tried ranked yet, I just kind of play some casual online games, and it's always Iron Skulls or Magors, <laughs> and they run uh, Denial and Conquest, and they just charge at you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's probably probably one of the better ways to play right now. I, I would say that you should do the ranked queue, because there are definitely more people in there. Okay. Um, I don't usually wait more than a couple minutes. I played once today, and I played a few times this week. There, there are definitely people on there. Um, <clears throat> and I, right now, I think the ranks are pretty meaningless, because if it doesn't find you someone soon, it'll just match you with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I just don't, I don't think there's enough people, and I don't think there's, uh, I don't think ranked has been around long enough for, it's, you know, it's just people that are sort of trying to win. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I would imagine that the quality of play is still probably a little bit better in ranked as well. Yeah, that makes if, sense. If it's people, you know, taking things seriously. So, yeah. but <clears throat> I don't know. It's fun. I, I like that. Um, they've got most of the bugs ironed out. It seemed like the last couple times that I played. Um, yeah, that's one thing I noticed too. It's just so much smoother. Yeah, yeah, and I, they added a grid a little bit a while ago where you can see the all the objectives and all the hexes and everything like lit up even more than normal, and yeah. that helps a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah and there's the, go ahead sorry um they've they've been very communicative about like what they can do to make the game better and so i have i have hopes for it even though right now it's like sort of interesting to me <laughs> yeah no i definitely agree i think um one of the, the cool aspects of Shadespire it, it is like a doom and gloom type city i think unless you have like a really nice graphics card or a great like monitor it's kind of hard sometimes to see what's happening yeah uh, and even with someone who has a rig like um, I was kind of just like, man, I really hope that it gets a little brighter in the future. I'll turn my brightness settings up. So uh, I'm really happy that they're really receptive to feedback. And I think it's an awesome, awesome way to, uh, you know, earn trust in the community. And so uh, I hope that they, uh, I don't think they'll ever become, like, I don't think they'll ever be a one-to-one parody when it comes to the online game and the board game or the mm-hmm. in real life game, because, uh, you know, you still have to sell units of the in real life game. <laughs> so sure. what I would like to see is it's like maybe half a season behind or maybe, and even if that's not possible, one season behind. Um, and so I know it takes time to develop the characters and the card interactions, especially the reactions and the models and, um, and how they interact with one another. But um, I would really like to see how they do magic. Um, yeah. And one thing that could be really cool is they could buff warbands in the game uh so like they could maybe improve eyes of the nine or improve um um i don't know orcs another or orcs, 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 exactly like yeah. yeah they can yeah, improve those warbands so that'll be really interesting because like their their model is that you get all the cards for free but you have to buy the warbands mm-hmm. and so it would kind of be in their interest to make all the warbands viable yeah so it'll be interesting to see how they tackle that. And if it's not, I mean, I, I know personally that might actually make me more interested in playing it mm-hmm. if it was different and better and more balanced. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I could play like a stronger version of Eyes of the Nine yeah. or Iron Skulls Boys, rather, I would I would love that. Um, you know, imagine if Turash and Narvia cast spells. 
Ooh. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know? or the orc guys did a little more damage. <laughs> yeah, they did two damage, because apparently yeah. goblins hit harder than orcs, but I digress. <laughs> Some orcs, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure I'll check it out more, and uh, I might stream it or something. But Yeah, uh, I know I, I guess... planned on streaming it, but um, maybe now's a perfect time. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I know that um, one of the things we're going to try to do over the next couple of weeks is do some more streaming of cam games. Mm-hmm. We did a few before, um, and now seems like the perfect time. To yeah, I think we've it. got the setup down. I think, you know, we've got the overlays, we've got the dice, and I think the biggest challenge with uh, cam games is that um, trying to fit everything on the board, but um, I think you'll see that Jonathan and I have kind of solved that challenge and so it, it definitely involves maybe more participation in terms of like physical participation in terms of one person. But at the end of the day, you can still get your games in. You can still have some fun. You can still roll the dice and kind of have that in real life element, despite the fact that you are miles away from one another. Um, so I highly recommend all of you to get out there and play some cam games. Um, as Jonathan mentioned, we are going to be turning up uh, online more often on uh, on Paths to Glory Twitch, and uh, you'll definitely see some uh, uh, tidbits from uh, Hexes and Warbands as mm-hmm. well, uh, working on an article on explaining how to cam game, uh, why it's fun, and why you should try it. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I, I do think that I've sort of figured out the technical side of it. Um, so if anybody has any questions or needs help with it, let me know. Um, I'm more than happy to sort of show what I've done. Um, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm sure that we'll explain all that in the, the article and stuff. But yeah, uh, I think we pretty much have it figured out at this point where only one person has to have the board. The other person can just look at the screen. And then if they want to roll dice, they can. Or that one person can roll all the dice. So mm-hmm. either way, um, I think it works pretty well. And uh, I'm sure we'll get better at it the more we do it. So I yeah. guess you guys can... Uh, Anybody listening can keep an eye out for... We'll try to do some kind of schedule and stop over the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Cool. Um, but with that, let us get into our... Perhaps our favorite segment, listener questions. <laughs> yeah, there's not uh, not a lot else to do right now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> let's do yeah. the listener questions. So first question is from Jason Murray, a.k.a. Tabled Noob from the Battle Mallet podcast. Yeah. His question is, who is your favorite fighter in seasons one, two, and three? And why mm. would it be that model? Uh, stats, special ability, looks, etc. So how about we do this? We'll take turns uh, going season to season, and uh, we'll go ahead and let you start, Jonathan. Sure. Um, season one is probably the Hungering Skaven for me. Oof. Um, I, the black hunger is really cool. Um, I like the way it works with different weapons and stuff. Um, and, uh, scritch, I guess scritch is the greatest, but you know, it's all, it's all the hunger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sometimes like you go it. in for that, uh, you know, that AOE attack and you might kill the queen and a chain rasp or something. That's, that's the, I think that was the last time I played them. I killed Queen and a chain rasp at all at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> that that was wonderful. That's so. awesome. Um, how about you, season one? 
Dude, it's tough, man, because I like <laughs> my first Warband I really had a lot of fun with was a Reavers. Mm, but, um, yeah. you know, like I just love my Far Striders. So I think ah, it's tough. So for me right now, it's between Blooded Sake or just Sans and Far Strider. And yeah, yeah. I think because I'm looking at my shelf and he's staring right back at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, as much as I want to say Blooded Sake, I'm going to go with Sans and Far Strider because, dude, he is a beast of a fighter and he could single handle it when you games and it looks really cool um yeah and it's the first time where like a bird could just do so <laughs> much damage <laughs> i know it's so funny when you get him with like fighters ferocity and glory seeker and all that and you're just popping oh, for yeah. four raptor strike too that's great so yeah raptor strike yeah um yeah. <laughs> i ran victorious duel with him because you could do that um yeah so really liked uh my man far strider so much so that uh, I, I named, like, one of my characters, uh, one of my, like, I, I used to play World of Warcraft, and so, like, mm-hmm. one of my dudes' names is Farstrider. Um, <laughs> nice. It's cool you yeah. got that, game, that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was on, like, a like a small realm. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Okay, cool. season two. Um, Season two. Maybe... Probably... Probably Snurk. I'll say Snurk. I just think he's one of the coolest, like mechanically, mm-hmm. uh, one of the coolest fighters they've ever made. Um, I guess I do hate how his reaction can block things. <laughs> yeah, dude, for real. But, but other than that, the spinning to win and getting obliterated is pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, it's Dead Island. Yeah, yeah. Dude, he's just, he's a monster, man. Um, <laughs> two damage at range with Cleave, four wounds when he's inspired is, is fantastic. I think yeah. uh, I think Iron Hill is a close second, um, but yep. uh, dude, I love I love me some Dead Island man. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, only halfway, or actually, I guess we're uh, three fourths of the way through Beastgrave. Um, but what is your favorite fighter thus far? Hmm. That is. For some reason, I think that one's harder. Um, Definitely is. Maybe Scathe. Um, Ooh, good choice. He's just... Like, his model's great. For oh, one. yeah. Um, and then he's just a fun fun guy when you get him loaded up with, uh, you know, Trophy Bell and Tome of Offerings, things like that. So, yeah, yeah. probably Scathe. Probably Scathe. I think it's a good choice. I was going to go for Scaife, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll pick something different. Um, let's see. Uh, I want to say... I, I, I wanted to say Draknar, but yeah, the three wounds really gets me, even though he's like physically <laughs> bigger than Grashrak. Um, yeah, yeah, that gets on my nerves for sure. <laughs> um, which is, I think, one of the reasons why that Warman struggles up to this day. Um Honestly, I think I'll go with uh, Sir Thix a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, a sick yeah, model, yeah. dude. Thrafnar. Uh, Thrafnir. Near. All right. Thrafnir. Thrafnir. Yeah, that is that is a really cool model. The yeah. I would say that uh, Rothcorn is probably a, a second. Maybe even Luggett and uh, Thwack is pretty cool, too. Yeah, he that is. Whole, that whole warband is really cool. Yeah. Um, let me ask you something funny. Let's just flip the question around. Well, who's your <laughs> least favorite model in season three? 
Huh. Or fighter. It doesn't have to be model, because some of the models look great, even yeah. though the fighters aren't. What about fighter? Yeah, it's, it's hard to pick a model. Um, I got one. At least, yeah, go ahead. What's, what's yours? Legane. <laughs> you don't like his model at all. He, it's he too pisses little. me off, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he, dude, like, ah, oh, man. You know, I want to, I talked about this last time. He's a lion, but he looks like a house cat and it just, it's upsetting. Yeah. I would like, I'd like a ferocious apex predator next to me. But, uh, <laughs> like something like not as big as Thrafnir, which, which is interesting. Cause if you look at, there's a card art, it's called like Hunter's Reflexes, I think, where like Legane is being chased by Thrafnir and now comparing the models, it makes sense. But uh, <laughs> even then, in the if I was Legane, I would run. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if I was Legane, I wouldn't show up. <laughs> um, right. But he, um, he. Uh, it's very brave of him. Yeah, but he, like in some of his card art, dude, he looks huge, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, again, I think the, the whoever designed Skates Wild Hunt, I think you did a fantastic job. Um, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's easy to criticize. It's hard to create stuff. So yeah. uh, being maybe I'm a little hypocritical here, and and for that I do apologize. But um, I really like the Warband. I think it's amazing, and uh, I do think that my preference would have been Legane to be larger. But uh, you know, I think you did a great job on the rest of the Warband. So his uh, <laughs> beggars can't be choosers. So. Yeah, I, I think I would have to go with Draknar just because he's so big. Like, like he, you know he goes to the gym. Oh, dude. <laughs> but yeah. but if he, he just like, he can't take a hit. No. So it's it's all uh, – he's just a bodybuilder. Like, it's just – it's all it's all for show. <laughs> What's interesting is he looks like the leader of the warband. Yeah. So yeah, much yeah. so that when, like, Akkad painted my warband, he thought he was the leader. And I was like, hey, dude, buddy, I just want to let you know. It's like it's actually – the, the British shaman. He's like, what? And I was like, yeah. So. Yeah, and it, great, great model. I just uh, he just dies so quick, and then then they have such a hard time. So. He's definitely but, like a, a sake. You just, you just gotta tool him up, and then make yeah. sure you get that kill. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, maybe amber bone weapons are the you know the way around once he dies. You know. Yeah. So have to give but, that a try. Uh, thank <laughs> you for that amazing question. I think we spent a lot of time on it. Yeah, yeah. So next question. Um, on the next episode, could you comment on your thoughts about if Lady Harrow's reaction window overlaps with Potion of Rage or not? And why so? And this is by Tuna Steak. So um, hmm. I think we were, we were talking about this in the pre-show, um, and I think we we have an answer. But since you are the rules expert, uh, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and take this one? Um, well, so the interesting thing is, like, I don't know if we're really sure, um, because Potion of Rage happens before the dice roll, and then Lady Harrow's happens after you declare the target. So, but those steps are right after each other. Um, so it would seem like it's probably the same. Um, personally, when, like, if I was TOing an event or I was running something like that, um, <clears throat> I would say that they do, that... Lady Harrow's does block um, Potion of Rage, um, but I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if we can. So I, I would definitely recommend emailing the FAQ email um, with questions like that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I don't know if we really can know these things. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's why it's a good question is because I don't know if it's really clear. 
Um, <clears throat> I think most people play it where it does block it. So, and I personally, I'll, if, you know, if something is not, not, if I'm not sure about something, I usually will try to go with the more conservative ruling mm. um, until we get official clarification. Yeah. I'd rather be surprised than, you know, disappointed. Um, <clears throat> so uh, that would be my thought on that. Yeah, I think it's important to, to note that although we happen to know a lot about the game, um, you should always defer to official feedback, uh, which is, I think, the point you were making as well, Jonathan. So um, while we do have our own interpretation of it, um, you know, it, it is by no means uh, the correct way, and you should always uh, wait until there is an FAQ or a ruling at a grand clash at least to uh, bake a decision off of. Um, but... Yeah, I would agree I, with Jonathan's interpretation. For me, it's easier to assume that it is blocked and then maybe just ask the TO at the event that you're going to go to. If you think mm -hmm. like if you're playing arrows, you may want to ask. And if you expect to see a lot of arrows, you might want to ask. Um, it can I guess it can kind of affect things, because if you have potion of rage, you kind of have to attack Lady Harrow or you're not going to get to use it. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I would say. Um, yeah. We can go to the next question, which is sort of related. Um, I think uh, this is by Chris Spark, and I think he was sort of uh, teeing off of Tunistic's question. Um, he says, is it worth um, is it worth it to pack an upgrade just to block reactions? Um, Thundrix, and then he asks a second question, does Thundrix Inspire, is that a reaction? Um, so first I would say Thundrix Inspire is not a reaction, it's just an effect. Um, it's just a thing that happens. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> that's sort of its own thing. It shouldn't block anything. When you score an objective card, you just get to pick somebody. Right. I think they've actually FAQ'd that. You score it, you pick somebody to inspire, and then you flip it. Um, or then you draw a new one, I mean. Um, it, it is similar in concept, though, in that you have to mm -hmm. choose to promote. Like, you can forget to promote, and if you yeah. pass... Obviously, in a friendly game, you'd probably let your opponent go back and do it, but maybe in, like... A very competitive, high-stakes game. If someone forgets to inspire, um, there is a window for it. I, I, it's not a reaction, though. Um, and I think right. the FAQ spells it out quite clearly. Yeah, theoretically, if you draw a new objective, you've passed the point where you can inspire someone. Um, and theoretically, you could get an advantage by drawing that objective card. You know, you you draw into headshot, and then you would say, oh, I need to inspire uh, Iron Hail. You know right. what I mean? So, um, I mean, that's one of those things where you just need to know how your warband works and not th make those mistakes, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, um, let's see. The, but the, regarding the other question, should you take cards that block reactions um, and that's their primary purpose? Uh, what do you think, Amon? No. I think no. I think uh, the game is... So if you follow the 10-10 rule, which I think almost everyone does at this point... Um, Aside mm -hmm. from like maybe like J. Claire, uh, who is on another level with his 12-12 decks, um, right? Is that you know you, you have to find a deck that's really tight, and all the cards in your deck support your particular game plan. Now, unless you're hard countering, like let's say for some reason there's a warband who has an insane reaction that starts like destroying games, then yeah, maybe you should probably want to prepare for it. But in this situation, uh, because your deck is so concise, you have a limited number of cards, and building that deck is already very hard. You have to make some hard choices uh, just when trying to support your own game plan. I think taking a card just to block reactions in particular mm -hmm. um, may not necessarily be the best line of play because 
number one, if you're trying to counter a particular reaction or warband, who's to say you're going to come across it? Um, I like to refer to Adepticon a lot last year, where I took mm-hmm. a lot of cards to, to try to stop Molog. And uh, there were a lot of Molochs there. I just got lucky or unlucky, and I didn't get to play <laughs> any of them. And I think it hurt me in the end um, against uh, Dean and his uh, Thorns. Granted, I, I, I misplayed at the end, uh, but at sure. the end of the day, it's uh, it's something that can and will uh, come up. And so I don't think it's worth it to take a card on a maybe. I think it's worth it to take something that you can rely on when you need to. And hopefully you can outplay your opponent. And if you are evenly matched, then maybe the dice fall on your side a little bit more. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that... Um... <clears throat> I think there's actually a good example because there's the Grimwatch card that only works on the bat. And after any uh, opponent's activation, they can push one towards a wounded fighter. Um, theoretically, that can block a lot of reactions. Like uh, it could block um, Pit Trap, it could block Snarl Fang attacks, things like that. But I don't think it's worth taking that card just to do that. But there's also the Hunter card where... Um, you can take it for Hrothgorn's Man Trappers, where after an activation, he can push towards a quarry. Mm-hmm. And that one is a really useful card for him, whether or not he's blocking reactions. Right. And then the fact that it also does the reaction thing, then I would probably take it. You know? Yeah. So to me, you wouldn't prioritize the blocking. But if you're able to you know, have that interaction and you know how it works, then I would say, yeah, you know. That, and just to but. just to clarify, you're saying you're taking that card because he makes everyone a quarry. That's the primary function, right? Like if he didn't do that, you probably wouldn't take the card. Yeah. So the uh, I'd have to look it up, but basically after any activation, if of a quarry, so if if any quarry makes an activation, he can push one towards that quarry. Right. Um. And because he makes everybody quarries, it just it effectively means you know after any activation. He can he can move, so that's right. that's that's great, you know, because he mobility is sort of his weakness because he has the range, but you know he can only charge once. So, um, <clears throat> but I know, think it's it's a case of it supporting your warband, right? Because your warband strength exactly is making everyone a quarry. Exactly, yeah, and hunting them down, if you will, and eating mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, so I think that's I think that answered that question. Um, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So do you have any more thoughts on that one? or? I don't think I do. Do you? Okay. No, no, no. Um, next question. At the highest level of competition, how much of this game do you think is determined by luck versus in-game skill and pre-game preparation? Would you guys enjoy the game more if the rules had more features to control for the random elements like card draw and dice rolls? This is in the context of the balance between luck and player agency in competitive games. And this is asked by Jimmy Molini. What do you think, Jonathan? Um, I think it's a really interesting question. Um, I think that I think that we all know, you know, as competitive players, that we can't like we can't like blame luck for stuff. Um, but we the try same, though. <laughs> I mean, we can, but it, I, it's just not productive usually. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, the question, you know, how much of the game do you think is determined by luck um, versus in-game skill and pregame preparation at the highest level of competition. Um, I mean, if if you and I both prepare for the meta well, um, 
and we're playing, you know, warbands that don't have a significant matchup advantage, and then neither of us make mistakes, um, the game may come down to luck. You know? Right. Um, and then the other thing is there is a lot of luck in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you roll for the roll-off um, at the beginning, which can be very impactful. Um, you know, where the objectives are, what boards you pick, who gets the board choice, things like that. Um, the roll-off for the beginning of each round can be massive. Um, so that's that's a thing. Um, the dice are, you know, random. The card draw, draw is random. The the 6-6 six, six surge limitation is, you know, especially random, the way that the cards will come out. Um, so there is, you know, there is a lot of randomness in the game. Um <clears throat> It's interesting because I think that I guess I would say like if I had to break it down to a percentage, I might say like maybe 25 percent of games come down to luck. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but then the other 75 probably come down to, you know, me making a mistake and the other per player capitalizing on it or something. Right. But there are games when the boards don't go the way I want and then I miss the first three or four attacks I make. Um, you know, and that's not really likely to happen. And. Then if the other person makes their all their attacks, then I mean sometimes there's not something you, too much you can do about that. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know. I'm I'm I guess I'm kind of torn on what there is to do about that. Um, he did say, would you guys enjoy the game more if the rules had features to control for the random elements like card draw and dice rolls? Um, I think yes. Um, <clears throat> I do. I do sort of wish that there was that the initial roll-off was less important. Um, I feel like sometimes if you win boards, like in a lot of matchups, you might go from like a 50-50 to like a 60-40. <clears throat> so uh, I think I would I would like that to be a little less random. Um, I think we've talked about how the six-six rule, while necessary, um, you know, does it, it, it is pretty random if you get three end-phase cards you're in sort of a disadvantage. And then if you discard that, you could be down a lot of glory. Mm-hmm. But I also think that a lot of that has to do with the end phase cards we have available right now. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of the end phase cards rely on scoring surges to score them. So <clears throat> I think that might be just be like a symptom. I'm not really sure if it's the problem. Um, but it's, it's a, I think it's a very complicated question. Um, what do you think? Yeah, so I think in the past we've talked a lot about how um, when two players of equal skill meet in a a game and let's say that there are no innate warband advantages, then I think the game does come down to a little bit of luck. I think, uh, first of all, you know, it, it it's a dice-based game. Um, that's mm-hmm. what makes it flavorful. That's what makes the emotions from high to low. That's what makes the really cool things happen where, like, Oh, I need a double crit to win the game, and then you roll a double crit. It's amazing, you know. Yeah. But I, I yeah. also think that there is sometimes streaks of unfortunate luck, and in theory, statistically, it should balance out over time. Um, but I think that we've all had our fair share of games where we crit everything or we hit everything, and then we don't, or we fail all our defenses. And it's like, man, if I had just made one defense roll, I would have, you know, done this and done this and done this and. I think it's it's really easy to get your head caught up in that. I think the important thing is that, are you having fun? Um, and that's something that I've also had to take a step back and look. And, and like, 
when he says, do you think you would enjoy the game more if the rules had more features to control for the random elements like card and dice roll, card draw and dice rolls? It's, it's, it is a really complicated question. And I think my answer would be, I'm not really sure. I don't think I would actually. Um, I think the cool part about this game is that you're dealt, you're, you know, you're dealt the hand that you get. And, and, and quite literally in this sense, and you have to make the best of it. Are you a good enough player or are you a adaptable enough player to make the the right decisions to take the risk of throwing away your hand uh, in hopes of potentially getting a better hand or like you know what this hand seems kind of dicey but if i can do xyz then you know i can turn this perceived disadvantage into an advantage and i think that's what makes the game really cool is and that's particularly why i like it is that there's always a solution and you know and a lot of people are like oh there's just no way i can win but, dude, I have seen some crazy comebacks in this game, and I've been a part of those comebacks. I've been on the receiving end of those comebacks. And I think the important thing to remember is that you play this game because it's so simple, and there is a lot of complexity, and there are is a lot of variables that you can control. And I think that's something that's important to remember, you know, like choosing your warband, choosing your cards, all the micro decisions in a game, preparing for the meta. That's all variables you can control. And I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to who makes the best decisions on the day of the event. Um, and then when it comes to events, there's another thing that we haven't talked about, which is who you draw, who you get paired up with. That's also random. Mm-hmm. You can't control that. You can't. You can try to submarine, and some people have been successful, but it's really hard. Like you can, yeah. two of the top players can get paired up. The two best players in an event can get paired up in round one. <laughs> you know like yeah. that can happen and and that doesn't mean that like you couldn't have you weren't good enough it just means that you know you got a really hard matchup really early on and and then that can kind of set the tone it also comes down to like how frustrated you are did you get tilted did you <laughs> let your emotions get in the way of your decision making i mean there's so many different variables and so i think jimmy has a great point um in that maybe it could be more fun uh, or more enjoyable, but I would, uh, my personal opinion at this moment is no, I don't think so. I think it's what makes it Warhammer. Um, mm-hmm. Have fun with it. Do some crazy stuff, or play the game really tight. Don't rely on dice rolls if you don't need to. Um, personally, I like playing like flex decks, um, and flex decks involve hitting things. And uh, trust me, I played like a shooty warband for like <laughs> six months. I missed a lot with like Lund and uh, like I lost a game to uh, Duncan Bills because I made three attack actions on four dice with uh, uh, Iron Hill and mm-hmm. uh, I only hit one time and the one time I hit he blocked it you know like that's like a yeah forty forty 48% chance to roll a crit I mean like and I didn't and it happens but I, I, I wasn't like oh man this game's not fun anymore I was like and I'm not saying that's what Jimmy is saying I want to make it clear but like my, I took, what I did is I was like, oh, that just sucked, you know, <laughs> and and that was it. And so I guess I so, have a really long-winded answer, but no, I don't think it would be more fun. And I think I like the game good and bad, and it's what makes the game fun to me. And it's the charm of the game. Yeah, I, I think I can agree with some of that. Um, I mean, do, do you think – I mean, I do think – I guess I guess I would ask, do you think the game would be more competitive if there was – if it was less swingy based on things like board roll off and, you know, card order and dice rolls. Maybe, but I also think 
It's I mean, of course, we could chess. just play chess, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the <laughs> like thing. If, is we, like, if we wanted no randomness. If you if you want to play a game like that, there are games out there that exist. You know, you can go play Magic, or maybe that has a draw element too. But you're, actually, your example is better. Play play chess if that's what you really <laughs> want to do. Play it. Yeah. For me, I, I, I like the the having fun and messing around with it. And, and don't get me wrong, I've complained about dice rolls. I've complained <laughs> about draw order. You, you've had some pretty terrible dice rolls in some pretty important games. <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. I've been to yeah. like what three, four, five finals now. And yeah, I, I've lost four of them because um, like you one of them was live. You saw it. I just couldn't. I made 12 attacks with the Briar Queen. I only hit like three or four times over the course of three games. It happens, dude. Um, yeah. And, but I don't and I also don't think that he's complaining. I think he's wondering if the game would be more competitive if there was some way around that. Right. Like that's the, Yeah. And I want to make it clear. I don't think he is complaining. I think he's asked. Yeah. A very, very important. A very, a very poignant question, I think, is, is the best word to describe it. And I think, for me, I guess I see it more black and white than most. Yeah. It's like, I like the game how it is, and I think it can improve. But I think controlling your card draw and controlling your dice rolls, like, mm-hmm. like innates, for example, is like is a good way to do that. You're technically controlling your dice rolls. But I also think there are challenges with innates, right? Like... Storm Sires Curse Breakers come to mind, how they can rely on those innates to score or perform so consistently despite uh, there being a potential uh, way to like fail to cast your spells, but they do it so consistently. Um, and, and that right there is controlling your dice rolls, which is a random element to an extent. So I yeah. think there's, there's great ways about it. Like I think, uh, what is it? Dissipate is a great card. It's a one-time use. You get in a dodge. Or, yeah. or uh, what's the charge card for the spoilers where you get an innate fury? Yeah, yeah. That's really cool too. Um, but um, and I think those are great ways to control your dice rolls in a way, in a fashion. Um, card draw. You can take card draw cards so you can increase your chances of getting the cards you want. Um, I guess maybe not in the objective hand or deck, but. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy's making a really good point, and I think that there is a conversation to be had. I think for me, uh, if you look at any event, I mean, and you feel like there are bigger names there, and when I say bigger names, I mean like people who um, have a bigger presence in the community or, or or technically perform very well often, like you'll always see them in the top sixteen. Um, so yeah, yeah. if it wasn't competitive, if it then I don't know if they'd necessarily be able to perform so consistently. Um, is is would be my rebuttal slightly. Um, so yeah. like, you know, like if you go to a grand clash, I'm gonna assume you're going to the top 16. If Jimmy goes to a grand clash, if Michael Carlin, Tom Bond, Davey, like if they go, I'm gonna assume you guys are gonna be in the top 16 the next day. Um, I think. Sure. And so for me, it's like, well, why are why do I assume that, or why why is it the same people in the top 16 every time? Well, it's it can't be, it, it, you know, I guess the game can't be that random enough to where like you can't. It's like Hearthstone, um, mm-hmm. you know, Hearthstone is RNG RNG like central, you know, like people well, use I, the term RNG Jesus, like it's crazy <laughs> in that game, but it's the same people winning events or like making it to the top, and so. While I agree that there is a random element of the game, uh, and I'm beating this to a dead horse, so I'll stop after this. <laughs> um, 
I think at the end of the day, you can make the best of it. And if you do have the skill and the preparation, um, you can make it far. Because I've rolled really crappy in some games and still have made it. Um, yeah, I think I think I might disagree with you, not in the spirit of what you're saying, but I think that like I think that the game right now is more random than it was um, at the end of Nightfall, for example, or the beginning of Nightfall. Um, I think board roll-off is more important than it ever was. I think that card order, especially objective card order, um, which both of those things are completely out of your control. So all you can really do is try to make your deck and your strategy not rely on those things as much as possible, which I think is what good players are doing. But, um, and I also think that one of the reasons that when you're playing aggro it, it, right now, I feel like if you have a few bad rolls as aggro, you might just lose. But that's, I think to me, that's more because aggro is in a really tough spot right now as sort of an archetype. Um, they just don't have a lot of good end phase cards. And so when you combine the fact that they rely on dice rolls um, and then the fact that their end phase objectives aren't really very good and that if they don't get a good starting hand, then, you know, they have a really hard time coming back from that. Um I would say maybe there's too many things that are out of player's control, um, especially if you're trying to play aggro. Right. Um, and then when you compare that to how reliable uh, the objective decks tend to be and how little they rely on dice, um, I could see an aggro player feeling like uh, more, like there's a higher percentage that they're relying on luck to win than anything else. Um, I think... I mean, I, I think that it would be correct to say that the luck is more important right now than it was somewhere in a night ball, for mm-hmm. example. Um, and I so, would say that I probably do prefer that luck be as small a portion as possible. Right. And I guess I'd be interested in suggestions on how, you know, that could be implemented. Um, right. I mean, I mean, I know people have suggested sort of forever that, um, when you do the board roll off the second game, you should just switch automatically. Right. Um, and I and think I like there's, that role. yeah, I think I can see both sides of that. I mean, you should plan your deck around losing it twice, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, at some point I think you, people can legitimately say, yeah, I lost cause I lost boards twice in a row. You know, there are some matchups where that's a big part of it. Right. Um, so I, I think it's an interesting thing. I mean, we could probably, um, you know, have Jimmy on sometime and, have a whole episode on this so yeah um, well let me ask you this so like let's say aggro control and objective play are all equally balanced in terms of the amount of end scoring they can do the cards they have access to um and let's say it's just like an ideal scenario um Mm -hmm. um at that point how do you feel about his question um i would imagine that um he wouldn't be as concerned about it if that was the case right um so i to me any complaints that we would have about the core mechanics of the game or most of them anyway would be based on the current you know meta and power level and how it's sort of i mean aggro relies on some luck you know Mm -hmm. and then like control relies on aggro not having the luck when they need it right um and then objectives sort of is the same way. They just, you know, they're, they're just hoping that those attacks miss <laughs> and that they can hold their, their positioning, you know? Right. Uh, so, I mean, I could see, and I, I guess I'd have to, I mean, we know Jimmy's been playing sort of aggro ish gets. So, um, 
but you know regardless of what you're playing i think aggro right now is uh, i know when i try to play it like there'll be games when i miss a couple attacks and i probably just lose you know um so uh, to me but if we fixed aggro and then you know there was it was easier to do then i don't know if i would i don't know if i would feel that as much right um i definitely think if we had better end phase cards i wouldn't mind drawing into three or two of them as much but right yeah. now, I feel like I have to throw it away. And if I'm relying on cards like Combination Strike and Great Gains and uh, Opening Gambit and Solid Gains, you know, which I try not to bring more than two of those at a time anyway. Um, but, you know, some Warbands kind of have to to even get the glory ceiling they need. Right. Um, so I am relying on luck. And then when I don't get it, then I probably lose. And that, and that does feel kind of bad. So I would hope that with card design, you know, better card design or more cards coming out... Um, you know, hopefully the most of those problems would be solved. But, right. um, you know, I mean, the game just constantly gets better as far as, you know, rules every season. So if anybody has ideas on things that could be better, love to hear them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I do have something to say to that, but I think we've spent a lot of time on this question. <laughs> so sure. let's move on to a more um, non or maybe even equally thought provoking question. Um <laughs> So H2 Coach asks, who are the top five non-leader individual fighters in the Underworlds? So key phrase mm. here is non-leader individuals. Yeah, so, that's interesting. How about, um, I guess, it would be tough to kind of do both of our individual top fives. <laughs> Why so, don't we just I'll, rotate until we have five? Five. Okay, cool. Well, uh, you can go first. Ooh. Um... I guess just starting at the, I guess if it's top five, five right now. Um, I would say, say not in no particular one. order. No yeah, or just order. ever. Yeah, like the yeah. anguished one is incredible. The way it's that good. it uh, just destroys the, or just ignores crits. Mm-hmm. Like like when I can get the anguished one inspired in the first round and then like get it somewhere safe or, you know, just inspire it in the last activation and I know mm-hmm. that I can tool it up and just like blow people up. And like, oh, I rolled a crit, you can't survive. Or, oh, I rolled two successes, now you need to roll more successes. <laughs> like, yeah. it's incredible. So that's definitely my first one. Um, I think a very easy one to warn out is Amos. Yeah, yeah. Um, when she inspires, she is better than some leaders, in fact. Um, <laughs> yeah. And she's a wizard, too. So, um, And she technically counts dodges as successes on defense, so... Um, I can I can go on and on about why she's great, but I think we all know why she's so powerful. So as a non-leader individual, I think she is really uh, she's really doing some work. Yeah. So speaking of warbands that sort of have two leaders, um, Varclav might be my <laughs> next choice. Oh yeah, dude, for, for sure. <laughs> I think I think he's so good that like if the queen just wasn't in that warband. I, I would have been like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's a six-man warband with <laughs> with those fighters. Yeah, and he's still good. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's great. So, yeah, I would say Varclav, yeah. Okay, um, so you got Varclav. Um, I guess I will say Riptooth. Yeah, yeah. Is a solid, solid Classic. fighter. Arguably one of the best fighters um, in at least Shadespire. Uh, he literally... Like, you cower in fear from a first-turn Riptooth charge. Because um, if you <laughs> can get an Inspiration Strikes at the time, or a Furious Inspiration, and then you just uh, 
slam like a, a an upgrade or you have pet trap and he just charges your leader hits with cleave and finish him off first uh, turn it's like dude you lost the game right there and bane of champions too yeah I, I you know i've seen that more recently i didn't see it much in shade spire but uh, mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah i just had that. somebody get that against me in the online game <laughs> it was painful yeah <laughs> so. so i guess i'll leave you to uh the last one I've already talked about Snurk and Hungering Skaven, but those would be um, potentials. Um, let's go with uh, Grunden is probably uh, up there. Fair he's, enough. He's a beast. Yeah. 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 I think it's hard, the top five. <laughs> I mean, I have so many others. In addition to what you yeah. said, I think Drizgit is great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Deadeye Lund, Sake, uh, Drachnar maybe, uh, <laughs> Gristlewell. Yeah god it, it it goes on and on so lots yeah. of great fighters uh but thank you for that h2 coach is fun fun trip down memory lane in a way um yeah. uh you want the next question sure the next one is from Magore, and he asks what our favorite warband in beast grave is and why um you go first sure um so i've said this before i probably said this earlier <laughs> on the podcast but the wild hunt baby um, yeah even though i have a love-hate relationship with legane um, and I say love because he actually has won me some games, uh, interestingly enough. Um, yeah. He he actually uh, won me. He's the reason I won the skirmish at LVO. I can distinctly just, remember losing to Wild Hunt a couple of times because of Legane. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, he, he kind of gets the job done when he needs to. But, oh, man, I just wish. <laughs> if he had three wounds, I think the Warband would be, like, top tier. Like, like, like yeah. you know, literally, like in the same conversation as, uh, like, Man Trappers and Grimwatch, I think. But, um, yeah, Wild Hunt, they look beautiful. Uh, they are very no, they're not a nonsense type warband. You just go up there and you swing. And I think there's a lot of creative ways in which you can position that. I think it's, uh, you can play them very surgically aggro. Um, I like to play them just mindless aggro sometimes too. Like for me, it's a, it's an escape warband. When I want to not think, and I'm not saying you don't need to think when you play aggro, but I'm just saying, like, for me, when I just want to, like, roll some dice and have fun, I can do that with the Wild Hunt. But I also know that I can play them in a very tactical and surgical manner um, and and still be successful. So uh, beauty yeah. to look at, beauty to play with, <laughs> um, and very rewarding when you win because uh, some people don't expect it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How about um, you? Uh, Wild Hunt are definitely up there for me. I guess other than them, um, it might be Hrothgorn. I think he's just really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did a really good job with him too. Like, um, I think that it's possible that the Hunter Quarry mechanic will be like. I feel like it's he's it's really good on him right now. So I'm a little concerned that it's going to be too good later. But I feel like right where he is right now, um, <clears throat> the Hunter Quarry mechanic is meaningful, which I like, because it's not really meaningful for anybody else. And then, um, unlike Molog, who I feel like was kind of problematic, I think they really knocked it out of the park where they have um, <clears throat> a lot of little fighters that you can kill if you need to. And then he doesn't have the ability to move and then charge. So... Uh, you kind of have to think about his positioning and when to charge, you know, how do you inspire, um, things like that. 
So I think they did a really good job with um, Rothkorn. Um, and I'm excited to see how he does competitively. That was one of the things I was sort of excited to see about Adepticon. And we'll just have to see how, you know, he continues to do online and things. So. Yeah. I, I really like Hawthorne, too. I think uh, he's, a, he's an interesting warband. Um, he's like, I think Molog done right. So Yeah, yeah I, I think I, so. And it's a, it's a great way. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad. One of your favorite warbands, and it's a near one, too. Um, since we're on the topic of Beast Grave warbands, I have a question. Sure. Uh, who are you looking forward to more? Uh, the Witch Elf warband or the Morgox Crushes, who we've seen a reveal of already? Actually, no, I think we've seen the other one, too. Morgwaith's Blade Coven. That's right. Um, and let's yeah. just go from a model perspective. From a Which model one do you think looks cooler to you? Um, probably the orcs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're just so yeah. big. Like they, they look, look huge. Yeah. 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 I uh, I like elves, but in this case, I've been uh, converted to Gorkamorka. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, from like a mechanics perspective, I tend to like five man warbands. I kind of think it's the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. So it will be interesting to see, like how they play i'm sure i'll play both of them so yeah absolutely play both but uh okay cool so last cool. question uh this is from martin aka godsworn gamer how do you prefer mm-hmm. to social distance with warhammer underworlds hmm. um i mean i've always been pretty active on the uh, discords and stuff um so i like doing that um uh, obviously we do blogging and stuff <laughs> which is pretty mm-hmm. pretty social distancing yeah um what about with playing games? Um, I mean, like we talked about earlier, we're going to be doing a lot of uh, webcam gaming recently, so um, or soon. So, and we've done it before, um, so we'll be doing more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? I would agree. I think there's a lot of alternate avenues online, um, including Warhammer Underworlds online. But uh, my favorite would have to be webcam games because. Uh, there's a, a distinct feel of that in-person feeling that I think is missing sometimes online, where you can kind of see one another, uh, react to one another's facial expressions, um, roll dice, things like that. So I really, really like uh, webcams. Yeah, and I mean, there are other alternatives, and you know, I think there's... Uh, pluses and minuses to those as well um i kind of think however you're able to get games in um is good i think it's Mm -hmm. good for the community yep so uh, and especially right now i think that it's important to sort of keep the game active so um really i would just say however you're able to interact with it uh is good yeah as we always say play more games (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's Uh, why we like the hobby so yeah so um yeah, I think that concludes our listeners' questions. Um, I do have a bit of an announcement. Ooh. Uh, for those of you who are not aware, it is Jonathan Davis's birthday. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, being very humble here, I didn't even mention that we're recording on his birthday. So, um, it's true. Uh, if anyone's listening, please wish Jonathan a very I'm, happy I'm birthday. I'm not having a big birthday party today. So. <laughs> yeah, no, well, don't worry. My birthday is I'm hanging tomorrow. out with you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. I'm happy yeah. you spend uh, some time with me on your birthday. Um, mine is next month, so I will I will know your pain soon enough. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, if anyone's listening, I'm not going to sing the song. But um, happy birthday. <laughs> and may your year be full of crits. Yeah. And good yeah, card draw. Thank you. 
It's uh, I'm 31. As weird as that seems. Yeah. You know, if I if I if you'd asked me that before I met you, I wouldn't have guessed <laughs> you were 31. I thought you were a little bit younger when I first met you. So. Yeah. Well, I'm beautiful. What can I say? Yes. <laughs> uh, you are doing the uh, Cullens proud. Team Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess for one day I am Team Jonathan. For one day. Ooh. So for all of you Team Jonathan <laughs> followers out there, you win today. But tomorrow very, very it's back silly. to one on one. But my question to you, Jonathan, is um, sure. what is some wisdom that you'd like to share, some birthday wisdom uh, with the community just about um, anything related? Could be real life, could be gaming. Um, maybe Underworlds, uh, whatever you're feeling, maybe keeping theme with the podcast or not, but uh, let's hear some words of wisdom with Jonathan Davis. Huh. That's interesting. Um, hmm. It doesn't really, I, I, to me, it doesn't really seem uh, like I'm getting older, mm-hmm. but I guess I would always just say that, um, I don't know. I guess it's just important to... Uh, do the things that you like to do and, you know, kind of not focus on the negative things. And, uh, I've found that, you know, that that's helped me, uh, you know, as I've gotten older and stuff and, you know, it's usually the positivity and, you know, just focusing on, you know, what's going on right now and what you can do to make things better is, uh, just a good way to be happy. So I feel like I'm pretty happy. I have a, you know, great girlfriend and, family and i get to you know i have a good job and i get to spend my time doing this hobby stuff so i'm very grateful to all of those things and uh you know this podcast has been a lot of fun and uh you know it's those all those things are the reason why i get to do that and i get to meet all these great people that play this game and see them at events and hopefully i'll do that more (laughs) once all this stuff uh, blows over you know yeah yeah i think that was excellent bits of advice um tldr (laughs) from from jd himself uh, be happy, follow your passions, and be positive. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Awesome. Well, um, all right, everyone, that's it for this episode. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, let us know on Facebook at Path to Glory Podcast. You can also follow us on Podbean, where you can find the show notes for this episode. You can rate us on iTunes. We're also on Twitter. And uh, thanks for listening. And we wish you the best of luck on your path to glory. Nice.